Comrades, friends, and neighbors, uh, solidarity. I hope you and yours are healthy and safe. Uh, we're coming to you from the hermetically sealed bunker once again uh, with a special sort of crisis edition. We have a crisis situation here. Um, you can uh, ignore it, uh, but it really can't be escaped. Uh, and unlike climate change, it's acute uh, and it's happening now. And uh, we all better sort of kind of get our heads around it and figure out um, how we're going to help our neighbors and how we're going to help our community um, and try to get through it. Uh, I am uh, happy to have uh, on the line doing we're social distancing by a couple of neighborhoods, uh, Dana and Adam from Food Not Bombs in Wilmington. Hey, what's up? Hi. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, yeah, I had you guys on uh, a couple of months ago, and we did not air the episode because it was very much about the organizing you were doing um, to get uh, Yahim Harris released, uh, and, we, and we did it. Yay, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully a little bit later we can kind of talk about where that stands um, at this point. But the first thing I want to do um, is kind of get your... Uh, I, well, I, I guess maybe you can talk about uh, Food Not Bombs just in general because we talked about it a little before, but we didn't release it. And then we can talk about exactly sort of specifically what you guys are doing now um, that we're either isolating, quarantined, or, or otherwise. Okay. Um, well, Food Not Bombs is a sort of national, actually international movement that began in the 80s. Um, the focus is... Uh, taking food that would normally be wasted and using it to give out to anybody who needs it. Um, the sort of message being sent there is that we actually do have enough resources for everybody. Um, it's just a question of how we're choosing to allocate those resources and um, sort of highlighting like the money that goes into military budgets as opposed to paying for people's well-being and survival, which is um, incredibly uh, relevant right now in this moment where uh, I think the unemployment rate is about 30% now. Is that Was I correct on that? Um, or I saw that it's projected to be that way soon? Yeah, I don't think it's quite that bad, but the scary part of it is that um, there are some estimates that say it could get that high, and this the indicator would be sort of so in the Great Depression in the 30s, they measured in unemployment like in a, in a different way, um, but the highest it got was about 25 percent. Um, so getting into the mid 20s and beyond where it was in the 30s at the at the worst of the Great Depression, um, although it has not happened, is just a projection. as uh, a pretty scary number. Um, yeah, so that's really. Um something that we have had in mind a lot uh, the past week. Um, so Thursday of the week before last, I was told that um, all the schools are closing. So I'm, I'm a teacher. So I am not working, but I'm, I'm still thankfully getting paid through that. And I um, talked to the rest of the group and we decided that we are going to focus our energy since all of us have all this free time now um to i think every single or almost every single member of our group is unemployed at the moment i'm i'm still technically employed yeah, yeah. i'm working it's from home not working really kind of um but so we're kind of we're trying to see if we can increase our meal output um we did um two last week so we had one of our regular meals where we get together we hand out um prepared food and we also brought um packages of food some of it's prepared some of it is just dry goods to the creative vision factory in wilmington um to, so that they could distribute it to the people who um come come by there they do a lot of work with impoverished people in the community um we've been sort of trying to uh allocate resources that was a big thing that I, I spent a lot of the end of last week doing is people reaching out to me and our crew 
um, like looking for places to donate money, to donate um, food and clothing and things like that. And mostly, most physical stuff, we've been just pointing them towards the Creative Vision Factory. Um, but we we are also, um, we started flyering like the east side. Um, just Did that... Did he hand this out? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we um, have a friend here who helped us distribute some flyers to people around here. Um, just offering, like, uh, if you're really stuck, we have some food, or some of us are willing to, like, run out and uh, pick up stuff from the stores for older people in the community. Um, so that kind of a response. Um, one of the problems we're having is, all the grocery stores are like sold out of everything. So getting donations, which is how we usually work, is we go find local businesses and get stuff from them that would get thrown out. Um, there's there's none of that because they don't have any extra stuff getting thrown out. Um, it's really something. So we're we're reaching into our pockets and paying for things. Yeah, and you also mentioned, um, you know, I, I I'm obviously want to know how you guys are doing your home you guys are both home but doing organizing work but a lot of the po- folks in your group are you know have no income um how's everybody getting by uh how you know how 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 long and is there, is there some alternative plans for sort of survival how, how's everybody doing uh um it's kind of scary <clears throat> yeah so you know i will theoretically have unemployment kick in soon um another like house of our crew i'm not really sure what they're going to do i mean they're they're hustlers and they're smart and they're um you know we're we're communicating about strategies for that and just like basic stuff like building a resume and stuff like that there's Um, a kind of a joke around like online lefty people that we're all just passing around the same $20 and do each other's GoFundMes. And that seems to be kind of part of what's going on is uh, there's like two people who are still employed trying to like uh, see what they can do for other people. It's it's wild. Yeah. Um, I just saw one member mention a skill that she has and another member was like, oh, hey, if you need some work, I could use some work on my house. You can come by and I'll pay you <laughs> so yeah it's kind of a tiny little miniature economy yeah okay. I, I i mean it's hard not to um not to talk about some politics because um you know hopefully we can get some people some relief of some sort i i know the governor's being pressured to you know, make some sort of concessions on on rent and that type of thing, the rent freeze would certainly help, and I would support that. Yeah, and they're doing it in other cities. They're doing, well, at least an eviction moratorium. So I think a lot of people will still have to pay their back rent, which is still just putting, it's just kicking the can down the road, but, you know. Yeah, and I know you guys, as you said, and I know a lot of this stuff does get funneled through, uh, or not funneled through, but as a rallying point, you know, folks will be at the Creative Vision Factory. Uh, you know, Michael Kambach is a friend of, is a friend of ours, um, I, I, I know that although he had to close, uh, folks are still trying to get there just to be able to charge their, I know he put some, put some power strips outside so people can charge their phones if they have them. I know that's where you guys said some of the food is going. Um, so it's, it's, but it's really difficult because, um, with everything closed, the folks rough sleeping and out in the street really have nowhere to go all day. Um, so at this time when there's a public health thing, it's, it's, um, you know, it's really difficult. And I wonder if you guys have seen um, some of the work they're doing in San Francisco and London for like rough sleeping and homeless people uh, kind of putting a, a radical plan together just for public health reasons to use uh, hotels and like empty rental units um, to sort of house and treat people. I don't know if you guys have, have seen any of that. We have a friend out there um, who I've been having a lot of conversations with Um about what they're doing out there um in san francisco in san francisco yeah and our friend is a little concerned because um so like there's a it's not a rent freeze it's at least as far as my friend has been able to tell me it's a a moratorium on the evictions so you can be evicted right now but they haven't said anything about um like if you're gonna have to pay that rent later on i also saw 
um, a New Orleans news affiliate was saying um, the mayor is um, moving homeless people from shelters into actual housing. That's happening in uh, New York right now, too. Which I think if there are any, uh, any of our wonderful legislators listening... Um, I know the blight bill in Wilmington has been a big question what to do about all the vacant properties in Eastside um, that the city owns and can't do anything with. Um, we have more empty houses than we have houseless people. Seems like a pretty simple solution to me. Um, some of those houses obviously would have to be, have some repairs done to them, but you know, there's there's a job you could give somebody who is out of work right now. Um, which you could even be relatively isolated while doing a job like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point because something that we always talk about in here is uh, sort of the commodification of everything. You know, if you can't make if you can't make money or you can't make it look on paper that you made a good business deal, um, then you don't then you don't do it. But what this situation, I hope, will help people reflect upon is that there's a cost. There's a social cost for, by, for not doing it. So, yeah. So, like, that, and, and you're going to start to see it more and more. And I, and I hope, and, and it's acute here in, in the homeless situation, but it's a lot of different, it's all kinds of different public health things, whether it's, you know, the health care that just people get or whatever. I, I hope people start using this as a, as a little way to sort of reflect upon um, when everybody is in the same boat and everybody's vulnerable, you know. Uh, which it usually doesn't happen. Well, and it's not only a social cost. I mean, it is an economic cost. Like it's it's one of those things where you know whether you know there's this the the big talk today from all like the the real politic heads are all being like we have to get back to work. We have to get back to work. You know, and we've been like a week into this or whatever. It's been one week. They're already like, oh but, my god, the profit. But the cost of not doing anything in dollars and cents is going to be so much greater than if we just put people in homes, we let people, that's the next thing we're going to actually work on this week is get, is, is, uh, call the DOJ, call the governor and, and get people out of jails. Um, and yeah, phone zap is, uh, being considered. Um, we have some, some people working on some other justice projects that we want to coordinate with, but um, um, that's a thought. Yeah, and but but all this stuff beyond social costs is it's dollars and cents. It's going to be so much more tremendously expensive in a month, in two months. But even if it, you're not thinking about like if you just think about the social costs, like the question I keep asking people um, is, what dollar value do you place on a human life? Right. What is it? And I mean, this is the question that I've always asked whenever we're talking about poverty and all of the just tons and tons of huge systemic issues. But in this moment, nobody can like you can't bootstrap your way out of a pandemic. So there's there's no moralizing. None of that. You have to just accept that we as a society are going to have to be a fucking society. You know, like we're going to get together and make sure people don't die it's not hard it, it really is like it'll be work but the solution is very obvious and it's just about the political will to do it yeah i mean before we uh before we connected tonight when carl was setting up i we were talking about exactly that that thing and i and i saw it in like a slide i guess cuomo had a powerpoint slide i saw a picture of today and it was like a balance between public health and the economy. And I'm like, well, okay, well, how many, how many lives or what cost of, of people's health is good enough at the altar of, of the economy? Like, what's that, what's that equilibrium? Like, how many, how many people are we supposed to sacrifice so that it's just back to sort of normal where you can control it? I mean, it's a really sick, it's like some sick calculus, really. Yeah, right. and I mean, I think it comes back to just like the general way that we've been functioning as a as a society as a culture is like um the people who are making all the decisions are going to be fine you know they they have access to the treatment they've been the first ones to get tested they're the first ones to be able to get checked into a hospital they'll be the first ones to get ventilators because i i mean i know they're making decisions about 
um, you know, who's likely to live or die and who's likely to, you know, continue on with a, a long life after when we treat. But um, I guarantee you could be like 99 years old with like a failing kidney and they'll but if you're a senator you're gonna be the one to get the fucking ventilator dude (laughs) like i saw a wild number the other day that um at at one point 12 percent of the tests that had been had gone out uh in the united states had gone to the utah jazz you know there's yeah um it's really something um yeah, celebrities celebrities are getting tested with no with no symptoms because they're like because they're just like internet celebrities. Well, and like that's honestly like the no symptoms thing. We should be testing people with no symptoms. If you have symptoms, just assume you have it and go but if you don't, you you could have it and be spreading it around for up to 2 weeks. So we I mean, it shouldn't just be YouTube celebrities or the Kardashians or whoever getting tested, but like I don't have symptoms right now, but um I should, I have, you know, an 88 year old grandmother and I do work out in the community with houseless people who don't have access to medical care. I wish I could get a test. I tried to get a test. I was told no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, it's because there's a shortage because we don't, it's not important. Everything, you know, it's not thought about. I mean, look at this administration. We don't even have the people, uh, the bureaucrats who were supposed to like, Watch this stuff, and make sh- and make sure we have it, or or if we don't have it, we have a way to get it. And so when we when we finally realized that we needed, you know, tests and ventilators, uh, it's it's too late. So yeah, I mean, I think I saw today, uh, maybe in the Times, um, there's there's a group. Uh, obviously in Italy, there's a lot of foreign um, medical teams that have come uh, from Cuba Viva and from yeah, exactly. Viva la Revolution. Um, and also from uh, Israel, and I think there was an Israeli doctor in the Times today who said they're actually like the protocol is anybody older than sixty, if they don't have a ventilator, they don't get one. That's yeah. I saw Spain today. Just they're they're everyone over sixty five. They're pulling off ventilators. I was telling my parents and uh, my grandmother that yesterday because uh, I called my grandmother to check in with her. And my mom and my aunt were over at her house. And I was like, what are you guys doing? You can't be there. You cannot be at Nana's house. Absolutely not. And they're like, what? No, we're being careful. I'm like, I don't care how careful you're being. There's not enough ventilators. And if she goes to the hospital, or if either of you go to the hospital and need a ventilator, you're not getting one because you're all old. No offense, but you're old. So go home. Stay there. If you need groceries, call me. I'll go get them for you. Jeez. I was was furious. (laughs) Like... I mean, and that's, you know, another thing everybody should be doing right now is pressuring your elders to take care of themselves and take this seriously. Um, I've heard people are threatening to withhold Christmas and Thanksgiving visits if their parents and grandparents don't stay safe right now. And I think that's a great tactic. I really do think it is a good one. Yeah, whatever you really have to do, especially around this area, because obviously if you look at any map, you see dense populations, the coasts. Um, are getting it, uh, you know, the worst. New York is getting it very bad. New Orleans, Seattle, Washington, San Francisco. Um, so anybody around, you know, especially around the areas we live, just make sure they're doing everything they can to stay safe because it really will move rapid fire. Uh, and all the indications that we have from all the other countries who are, are a little bit ahead of us, it's not great. Numbers do not look good. No. Yeah, and I've been... Um... Sitting in my house looking out my window, we live over in East Side, and I'm just, I'm really, I mean, speaking of like systemic issues and things, I'm really worried about um, this community and the poorer people in our city. Um, people are still out and about. All the kids are out of school. And I don't, I don't know that people understand what's happening. And I'm just, I know that in like two weeks, we're going to have a lot of cases in these areas that maybe aren't maybe aren't being confirmed because a lot of people just don't have access to even just like basic health care so going to get a test is like really beyond what they're going to be able a to do idea. but i mean we've got a lot of elderly people here we've got a lot of very poor people without access to good health care and i'm 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 worried i'm really worried very concerned I mean, and then there's like 
branching out from that, um, the something that I've been thinking about a lot is like, what is it going to look like with a bunch of kids home, no money coming in for anybody? Um, presumably, I I just I think that like we're going to start seeing some tensions and hopefully not, but maybe violence and things happening just because of how desperate it's going to get. So what are we doing now to be proactive to stop that from happening? And don't tell me you're going to send a bunch of cops in. Like, what are you going to do to feed people? What are you going to do to keep them in their houses? What are you going to do to get them medical care? Because I am, I'm worried about this community. Yeah. I mean, as you say, um, any, even though we're all in it in this together and it, and it creates a particular dynamic, um, the possibility of things going very wrong very quickly are now accelerating. And, and of course, um, you, as you said, who's going to get it? The, the most vulnerable people, the people who are already uh, either living on the margins, um, you know, they have health problems and no way to get any health care. Um, you know, they're elderly. Uh, they're sequestered in their neighborhood by the police because of the way that we police people. And it um, really so, is that way here. Like, it's a box that's, yeah, that yeah. you're stuck in. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, that's the, the thing that the thing that I'm having trouble, like, so, uh, that I'm struggling with is getting my head around this idea that we really don't know. Um, you know, obviously the elites and the government want the economy to get back to somewhat normal, manageable situation but they don't really know how to do that um yeah you know once it once it's going where is you know like once they restart the economy or whatever where is the this the demand going to come from like where do they think they're going to to be pulling in money all of a sudden once everything starts back up like it's 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 all nonsense. Uh, everything in the last several couple days in particular has just been like maddening to me as, as, as someone who like even thinks a little about how like economics works or whatever. It's, it's Did you see maddening. how um, Chris Coons's proposal? You know what? If, it, if it's anything associated with Chris Coons, I generally ignore it, to be perfectly honest with you. It's absolutely awful. I was looking at it on, um, he was tweeting about it, but basically it's a bunch of like low interest loans and grants to small businesses and um, a surge of funding for business counseling and mentorship, a hundred billion of no interest, zero fee business loans of up to 2.5 million grants of up to 50,000 for the smallest businesses. And I'm like, that's all well and good, but at the moment, you have a bunch of people who are unemployed and who are facing the risk of being evicted. And if you don't do something right now to keep them afloat in two months when they all go back to work, there it's gonna be it's gonna be years before anybody has money again to start spending money on these businesses that you just gave loans to. So now those businesses are gonna go under because they took out loans that they can't. Uh, payback because there's nobody to buy their shit who's buying coffee right now who's buying who's going to what's that place called uh delco the 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 cafeteria thing nobody's doing that nobody's going to get their nails done nobody's doing any of those little small business things because right now we're just like shit do i have food do i have shelter and am i going to have that for very long and rent is due in two weeks a week when is april 1st not long. Not yeah. long enough. <laughs> When's rent is due very, very soon. Very soon. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, like, I don't know. I, I've seen some cities, people are organizing rent strikes. Not very well. Not Yeah, and I don't see a lot of um, planning for what you're going to do when uh, landlords start calling in police to evict people. What's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, and and the and the and the other side to that is just as bad is you know if if there's some sort of decree or it's sort of accepted that we're just going to start everything back up. I mean, we have every reason to believe that the the pandemic's going to get worse here. 
Absolutely. Like, yeah. We were yeah, so like, for two weeks or a week, and they're going to maybe do another week. Um, yeah, I mean, if, I know if the you just are gonna simply. I know the schools going to be close on May 15th now, but supposedly. Yeah. But I mean, if you if you just look at, you know, the, the numbers of, like I said, and, and just track each country as they go through these phases from their first, sort of the, the when it's first identified through, um, and, and you see where we are, and we're, 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 the cases that are being reported are increasing by more than a third every day. Yeah. Like that's like a da- that's a real that's a danger zone. We're and I mean just in the last I I've, I've been saying on this when I I was ready for this to start but we just started the 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 real upswing in people dying from this. Like it it started yesterday was the first big day and today is a bigger day and tomorrow is going to be a bigger day. I mean, so my business shut down. I'm in food service, and my business shut down a week ago, and they said, we're going to be out for two weeks. And I thought, okay, that's weird. What, two weeks? Yeah, yeah, right. And and today I started, there whispers um, that on Monday we're going to be open again. And all I could think is, like, why, why did we even shut down in the first place then if we're just diving headfirst back into this? as it gets worse and worse and worse and more dangerous. And then you, you have the schools closed, but you're going to send everyone back to work, so they're going to send their kids to childcare. Like, daycares are going to open back up. And I've already seen rumors and mumblings about changing the um, rules for, like, home-based daycares for how many kids they can have. So you're going to cram a bunch of little kids. Like, has anybody ever, like, met a child? They're disgusting. They don't wipe their nose. They don't cover their coughs. They're going to get all of each other covered in this, and then they're going to take it home to their parents and grandparents. It completely defeats the purpose of closing the schools in the first place, and I have to wonder if we're closing the schools for the sake of public health, or are we doing it to cover our own ass so that we can't be blamed for it? So, you know, if you're not going to shut down everything, what's the point? Yeah, I can only, I guess... I, I, I will say this. I don't know what's going to happen even over the next two or three days because of the sort of like what what what, what Adam said. Like, I don't, it, it, it's going to get progressively worse. And so, you know, today the story was because time is moving in, at this weird pace where it seems like we lived a week, but it was just a day. So this, the story today was, hey, how are we going to get people back to work and balance the risk with the economy? But they've only been really talking about that for like a day and a half. And so, depending on what these numbers look like two days from now, it could be a whole other world, right? Like, so I don't know. It's hard for me. Like, I, I, I certainly am worried about all the things we talked about about the most vulnerable people and the most marginalized people, and 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 that the 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 first the elite's first move is to get the economy back and going and just making sure all the money's going in that direction. Um, but I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen over even the next couple of days. No, it's I. I've never. I have two thoughts. Um, the first being is I, I've never felt so unsure of what the future looks like, and and I'm I'm one of those people who often I, I feel like I have a pretty savvy outlook on on what's coming up and to and usually about the bad things, but. Um, and, and I'm, I'm baffled. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know what the next day is going to look like. I'm totally lost, this, which, which is okay. This whole year has been wild. I saw somebody on Twitter say, jokingly, it was, uh, what if we did the years 1918 to 1936, but all at once? <laughs> and it feels like that's what's going on. <laughs> We've had, but, we have a, an epidemic. We have a market crash. Um but, What's next? But but the second thing I wanted to say in terms of every day feels like a week. Um, like a week ago, I kind of felt that way. Uh, but I realized that uh, when you put in a lot of hours uh, every day to um, trying to do something meaningful with it, it makes it go by really fast. I've actually, mm-hmm. I, I had this, I'm like, oh, I have two weeks off. There's like all of these personal things I'd like to get accomplished. And I've done one of those things in that time because otherwise we've been cooking we've been coordinating we've been 
sanitizing know, everything sanitizing bleaching we, the kitchen like three times a day yeah we've been just like and i i'm you know i'm seeing you know reports from the quarantines of you know that people are like you know i'm so bored i did this x bizarre thing I, with my dad it's weird like i feel like i wake up in the morning and then i blink and it's nighttime yeah we've just been i i've put in about as many hours doing the work this past week that i did at my at your job at my job <laughs> um, well it's, that's a great that's a great uh, sort of move into like one big topic i i definitely want to get to is the other thing that i think this situation sort of exposes and makes so clear to everybody is that the heroes, the people that hold everything together are not bankers. Right. They're not, they're not experts that, that are at like think, think tanks and putting together organizational structures. And it's not McKinsey. Um, it's, 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 it's nurses. Uh, it's janitors who, who are disinfecting all of these buildings and keeping them clean. My uh, postal worker who came by today with his mask and gloves to deliver some stuff that we desperately needed. Delivery drivers. <laughs> yeah. People who work at grocery stores. Oh, my God. So so the next, so I, I just, again, this is another thing I'm thinking. I hope that people start to reflect upon the things they think are um, like, the things they think are important and are like what, holds everything together are not what what actually does it like that the, the social fabric uh is held together more by a team of janitors than a team of bankers yeah and by you know i'm seeing i there's so many people in every community who are just the people who take care of everybody like the the people who just uh check in drive people around make sure everybody has food those people like your your aunt who loves the kids and make sure everybody has gets home safe those people are the like that is the true backbone of the community it's not the fucking like coffee shop i mean i love coffee i love coffee shops but they're not the backbone of the community in the same way that the people who are making sure that everybody's okay right now are and, and the people who are, like you said, providing mm-hmm. our, our, the resources for the rest of us to, like, continue to, to function. And, yeah, breathe, <laughs> to eat, to, you know. Not sleep outside in the rain. You know, I, I looked at the list of, like, necessary businesses or whatever that the, the governor put out last night. And there's lots of stuff on there where I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, we... We do need, you know, the doctors to stay open. We do need the grocery stores to stay open. But then there's also, like, the the people, uh, like, tax preparation offices get to, like, stay open. And, like, ore mining. We, we're going to continue mining ore. And, and, and Maybe we need that for medical supplies. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I but, mean, the ore's probably been there millions of years. It's not going anywhere. It, yeah. No, yeah. it's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's... And... and but it's it's one of those things. There are other states. There are other states who are doing it much better, um, and you get to really can go down this list and be like, oh wait, these are the things that matter, and all what the rest of us are doing. And this is myself to a T. Are uh, are often bullshit, um, you know. And the the way you know, I sort of come from a. Uh, a break from you know uh, a lot of communist politics in in that um, you know I I'm very against fetishizing work in any way I I come from sort of like a uh, in the the anti work anarchist crowd and it's it's been a a huge uh, what would you call it reassurance that I'm correct. And that we we really don't need to be doing all of the stuff <laughs> yeah, that we need to be doing. It's, it's not arguing. all about the the buff man with the sledgehammer like swinging the hammer on the communist propaganda posters. It's it's not that. Yeah, <laughs> that that shit is irrelevant. You know, like we we can all be, and something I I keep thinking about is, you know, we should have most businesses shut down, but the 
low risk people, we should be taking shifts at the grocery store or we should be, you know, like, um, you know, going in and doing the, the laundry for hospitals or, you know, I, I don't know, but there's it, it like a much cleaner, smoother way for this whole world to function. Yeah. And, uh, just well, doing what we need to do to survive. Again, I, I would be, I, I think uh, our friend and friend of show, uh, Professor Harvey J.K., would uh, scold me if I didn't take this opportunity to point out that um, this concept is not foreign to the United States. Um, uh, Roosevelt did ba- both of these things, basically. Um, he said, oh... Uh, a lot of people in the rural South don't have proper utilities, so let's just have the government hire people to, you know, to, to electrify the Tennessee Valley. Um, or, you know, now that we have to um, sort of deal with fascism in Europe, maybe we don't need to make Chevrolets. We need to make bomber planes. Now, again, I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a big war rah rah person, but I'm also not a pacifist. So, yeah, I mean, if you have to leverage the uh, the American government to um, kind of be, you know, make the supplies that are required. Like, that's what people say that, the, you know, the, the market is so good about allocating these supplies. It's not. It's good about allocating things people will pay a lot of money for. But when push comes to shove, we don't have the right shit. We right. don't have any shit. We went <laughs> we to the grocery store today. There's we don't no have the meat. Shit we need. In the, there was hams that were like twenty five dollars and turkeys, and <laughs> like whole Thanksgiving turkey. You know what we should do? We could you could roast a bird. This is a good idea, actually. You want to roast a bird and just make a bunch of like turkey and turkey salad and shit for people? Because that would actually be a cool idea. I mean, yeah. The, we well, food not bombs. Um, focuses on like vegetarian meals but like that's that anybody listening to this listen it is so stinking easy to give food out in your community go to the store buy something that you can get a lot of that's not expensive for example a turkey cook it put it into some kind of container and just go out to the street and just be like hey are you hungry would you like a turkey sandwich? Like 90% of people will be like, yeah, thank you. I really or, appreciate that. Or the the other thing I keep seeing is like people who went out and bought like 35 pounds of beans in the last couple weeks or whatever. That's a year's worth of beans. There's like, there's absolutely no no way. I mean, it, they're buying it because they don't cook for themselves And they don't even much. eat beans. Let's, let's be real. Nobody eats beans like that unless you're a vegan. Take, take a pound or a couple pounds of those beans that you bought that you're just never, ever, ever going to go through because you're not a masochist and going to eat beans every day for the next year <clears throat> and and make them <clears throat> get some disposable bowls and go out with them. It's really easy. It's it, it, Food Nut Bombs is like the the easiest goddamn project if you're willing to put a couple hours into it. And honestly, that's what I like about it. That's why um, I am so passionate about it is I think it's a really good entry point into mutual aid work, which um, has been, it has been the way that we found um, the Justice for Yahim project. It's been the way that we found the prisoner support during the, um, the Vaughn uprising. Um, currently we're, we're, brainstorming this uh, this isn't an official announcement of this project yet but we're brainstorming um we would like to start a community garden in our neighborhood um so if anybody has any leads on like uh, a lot we could use we would really love that but um with the idea that it would be a a focal point where people can come together work on a project together and then get to know each other and find ways to support each other um, also, if it would be something that we could sort of bring all of the kids who have nothing to do into, like, with some, put their energy into something, because I am a little worried about what it's going to look like when we have kids at home with no supervision for months in a neighborhood that has a serious crime problem. Yeah, and a, a, and even that—that's about to, you know. Uh, uh, 
This is one of those things that I'm sorry to jump into no, a completely yeah, other direction. This is one of those things that I, I don't think anyone is thinking about when they're doing like an analysis of what like the economic situation of cities is going to be like. But heroin is about to disappear. You know, cocaine is about to disappear. You know, the 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 borders are closing up and they're getting locked tight and and all of the the black and gray markets are about to like dry the fuck up and so, you're gonna have users who can't get a fix and you're going to have dealers who don't have any work now and, so what are they going to do to make money and, and there's going to be all these people flooding into hospitals who are detoxing all of a sudden uh and, and don't know how to deal with that it's and the only infrastructure our state has for dealing with it is police and prisons, which is the opposite of what we need right now. Right. Like, in fact, like we need to get everybody out of the prisons because it's dangerous for anybody to be in a prison right now, even more so than usual. Um, so this is like something where I am hoping that we can utilize the connections we have made through Food Not Bombs, through feeding vulnerable people in the community, people at sort of the margins, and see if they can help us figure out what they need and how we can do it for them to try and mitigate this impending disaster, which we don't have a lot of resources to deal with as an organization, like just our little group of like 10 people. But man, I want to do something. I got to do something. Something has to happen. I, I can't I, sit I, here and my thumbs. I absolutely feel you on that. And again, I, I just keep going back to this idea that I hope people see these sort of contradictions and realize that, you know, ultimately, um, ultimately you can only, you can only pretend that everybody doesn't deserve healthcare for so long. And I hope that people, I hope maybe some people will realize that, uh, because of a situation like this, uh, they're, 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 their ideas sort of change about like we were talking about cost and what it really costs um, to not do something. Um, but, you know, I'm not also I'm also not prone to wishful thinking. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the real the real question that our our ruling elite are asking themselves, it's not what is the cost? It's who can we make bear the brunt of this cost? Can we shift this cost onto someone else? And everybody listening to this show you're the one that they're trying to stick with the bill right now. So you need to be pushing hard for a universal healthcare response to this crisis. And forever after that, like COVID-19 is just one tiny little thing that is going to end eventually. And after that, we all need to be asking ourselves, like, are we willing to go back to this terrible fucking system that allows pandemics and grocery shortages to happen in the first place well and and the other thing i keep uh, so medicare for all already i i would say is a compromise uh, from yeah. a, a nationalized health system and we're already seeing hospitals um around the country who are saying we're about to go bankrupt and not be able to pay our bills because they're not doing elective surgeries anymore and suppliers are asking for uh cash on delivery and so there's there's this there's this moment where it's where the states are going or the government the feds are if tremendous amounts of people aren't going to die if we're going to prevent that from happening which i don't know if we're actually going to do that but they're going to have to step in and federally fund the hospitals and we when that happens and again, presuming it happens, we're going to have to say it has to stay that way. Yeah. I mean, the the real thing that we're seeing is, uh, you mentioned the contradictions, but like, yeah, capitalism doesn't fucking work. It's not working. And so we have to just accept that, you know, it's a brutal, barbaric, awful system. And it kills people and we have to we have to get we have to let go of it we have to move on it you know it was an experiment we've tried it for a couple hundred years it didn't work out i'm sorry it, it was a it was a good run but it's done nice we're done try mr smith yeah adam smith even retracted a lot of the things that he claimed before. oh yeah <laughs> like 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you read Smith, um, it's not uh, it's not the free market libertarian ideas that you would suspect it would be. <clears throat> and again, the the concept of socialism or barbarism uh, makes a lot of sense, but it also makes sense that uh, people just ignore the barbarism, and so it doesn't like. Right, never, because the people never, who are in control considered. are the ones making the profit, and they don't give a shit about if I die. Chris Coons does not care if I die, and I know that. And, you know, the feeling is very mutual. But um, <laughs> I have a lot less power than he does in this situation. I keep thinking about uh, 9-11 through all this, because for all of my, for my whole life, I've been like, 9-11 was the weirdest thing has ever happened and will probably be the weirdest thing that uh, ever happens in my lifetime right, in terms of young. in terms of a, a <laughs> the reverberations from a single event and what what made it so weird was all of this stuff not in sort of the macro like we're seeing of like everyone has to stay home and like sort of the change of behavior that everyone has to do in the micro in terms of how the state interacts with people every day and how readily we were to were ready to just like integrate that that barbarism into our daily lives um and we're at another one of those precipices where it either we're going to just very casually accept the the barbarism as it as it creeps further into us or we we you know we're in our homes it's hard to like organize in like a meaningful way um but we're we're going to we could be at a breaking point i don't know there have been riots in wilmington before yeah i don't know if any i i was surprised to learn this and i've lived in delaware most of my life but um the in 1968 after martin luther king was assassinated the National Guard occupied Wilmington for nine months and is the longest peacetime occupation in American history. Um, and it was because of the rioting after Martin Luther King was assassinated. And um, I, I feel like that shit could happen again. People's grandparents are going to start dying from yeah. Yeah. a horrible death. It's not a nice death either. It's not like... Um, you know, they talk about like pneumonia as like sort of a, a, a peaceful way to pass like the, the old man's friend or whatever, an old timey thing that people used to call it. But no, it's, it's like suffocating to death. (laughs) Like it's, it's terrible. Yeah. We've, we've talked about the, uh, the 68 riots on, um, several occasions. I know our, our friend, uh, Jordan Howell has uh, written a long essay about it that actually um, the Delaware Art Museum included with their catalog of their retrospective a couple uh, in 2018, two years ago, when they did the uh, the 50-year anniversary. Yeah, I recommend the link to that, uh, wilmington1968.org, to my students all the time. I don't know if any of them look at it, but... <laughs> um, so, uh, to, to, to kind of cap it off, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about sort of generally... Uh, people talk about self-care, kind of use that as a funny word, and it is, it's kind of a goofy word. Um, but now it's more about you have to ex- sort of extend that out. So it's community care. That's what we talked about with Food Not Bombs. That's kind of what we're trying to do um, during this crisis. And one of the things that I've done over the last couple of days is something that I really haven't done in a long, long time um, outside of the work sort of environment or like the podcast environment is like have a personal phone call with somebody and just talk for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Um, you know, I, I don't usually haven't done that, but I've done that with a few friends and, um, I just want to give a shout out to a guy who, um, I had a nice conversation with and I had never really talked to him on the phone like that, but he's a mutual friend of ours. So, uh, D D Marquis, uh, sent me a text this morning. Oh, I love that guy. I know. So, um, and I do too. And I, and maybe I hope he hears this too, because it was so nice. You know, everybody's just sitting at home, like wondering what the hell's going on. And, um, you know, he'll send me like a, like a Bible verse or like a meditation or something like that. And I read them and I always appreciate them. But, like, he knows sort of where I'm coming from, from my, like, philosophy and headspace. Um, but I know, like, I know he feels um, 
uh, a certain way about um, how he sort of frames it. Um, and we wound up, he was like, well, so he called and I, I was uh, actually taking a shower and I got out and I called him back and we had like a 30 minute conversation just about like what he's up to and like his, some of the stuff he's reading and, you know, I think he's trying to convert me subtly, but I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, but I just, I had such a beautiful conversation with the guy. Um, and yeah, I just hope that, uh, during this time, everybody remembers, um, that we're all in this together. Um, you know, we're definitely gonna, uh, put all the, all the food, not bombs sort of, uh, information we can in the show notes. Um, I can tell you guys that, uh, they've been cooking up a storm over there. So, um, so much bread. You talk, I was just going to say, even a 25-pound bag of flour will go a long way. Yeah, it's like 12 bucks for 25 pounds of flour. Uh, um. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making pizza crust again, I think, later this week. But, um, yeah, so we'll put all that on there. And, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, for real. Um, and I thank you for it. And I thank you for, uh, for joining us tonight for our, for our community action alert episode. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having us on, buddy. Us on. <laughs> um, of course. And then just, I guess, when it comes to, like, community care and everything, I just, I would just say, just check in on your neighbors, really. Make sure that they're eating. Make sure that they are safe and taking care of themselves. Um, now's a great time to, you know, that person that you kind of wave at each other in the driveway at the end of the day or in the morning and you don't really talk. Now's a great time to bring them a, a banana loaf or some a, a banana bread loaf. Um, the FDA has said that it's very unlikely to spread COVID through food. So, you know, just leave it on their step. Social distancing, but you can still show love through uh, meals and things like that. And I would encourage everyone to do that. Justice is love in public, everybody. Um, and you can show me some love at uh, patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. Sort of support what we're doing. Sign up for a patronage. Anybody can do it. It's right there on the internet. Everybody's on the internet right now. We're providing content while you sit at home and, and bake bread and make uh, organizing calls over Zoom. So, you know, help us out. Help Carl out. He's, he's working hard. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, the stuff we're doing. And we will speak to you very soon. Left is best. Bye.